The System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 45, where we're going to be talking about sales. I'm so excited to share this interview with you guys because uh, this guy is super sharp. He is here in Dallas with me, and so we we get together on a regular basis, and I, and I really, really enjoy his company, so I, I know that y'all will too. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fantastic. Either way, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episodes, be sure to subscribe or go to systemsaveme.com for show notes and freebies. Now, let's get ready to dive deep into sales. Hey guys, I'm super, super excited to bring this guest to you today because uh, him and I have been um, connected here personally and professionally, uh, just really talking about how business needs to be more heart-centered and how you show up as yourself, authentically as that is. Um, so here's my guest, Kevin. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thanks, Jordan. How Good. about you? I am doing very, very well. Uh, go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Hey, guys. Kevin Keppel. I live here in Dallas, Texas with Jordan. Uh, born and raised. I love this city and I love this state. Um, I work in, the past 10 years, I've been working in professional sales. So it's a lot of fun. It's really challenging. And, uh, <laughs> And all at the same time, wrapped into one, I get to deal with the world's greatest variable on a daily basis. So there's always something new. And uh, Jordan and I were just talking about it. The, the best laid plans are always awesome right until the first interaction with the client. And then yeah. things always go completely different than you would expect. So yes. never a dull moment. Never, 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 never. So uh, we are going to be basically talking about how to be prepared for sales and how to, and it's, you know, not necessarily the tactical, you know, ABCs. It's more along the lines of mindset and just really how to be in your best self before you start talking to potential clients, potential collaborations, et cetera. So Kevin, kind of start talking to people about before you kind of had this framework that you now you know, live and work by and, and maybe have taught other people how to do, what was it like preparing for your sales? What was it like um, going into battle or, or whatever else? And before you had this this complete structure down? You know, before I really took the time to really focus on what it is I was doing and make sure I was being as intelligent and strategic as possible, it was maybe a LinkedIn search, like, hey, all right, there's their face, and uh, this is what they say they do at work, and that yeah. was about it. And, you know, it was, lack of a better term, there was the, the sales pitch, and it didn't, even though they would say something, there was a lot of deviation from that because mm -hmm. there wasn't preparation for that or the confidence to go outside of that because I had memorized maybe the script, but uh, mm -hmm. just I'm going to get through this no matter what you say, <laughs> and you're going to like it. And uh, ABC, always be closing because coffee's for closers. Yeah. And that uh, you know got very sporadic results, so I, I'm very competitive. I like to win, yes. and I, I want to make sure that I'm as effective and efficient with my time as I can be. Amen. All about efficiency. So then kind of what finally drove you to be like, all right, this isn't 
working for me? Maybe it's not getting the results that you're wanting. Kind of what was it that was like, all right, things have to change? You know, I'm a huge believer in being around the people you want to be like. And so I hang out with a lot of people that are ultra successful and doing really well and just crushing it, whatever their craft is. And I got a couple of friends that are pretty big deals in the sales world and just kind of watching them and like, what do you do? And, you know, how do you approach things? And just, I want, I'm going to emulate you, right? Until mm -hmm. I'm like, it's working. So let's see, I'm going to take what works for you and make it work for me. And uh, man, I've had a lot of a lot more success, and it's a lot <laughs> a lot more fun and a lot more comfortable in a meeting when I feel confident mm. that I can really handle any question because I've done the the homework beforehand. Yes, hundred percent. So, kind of walk us through um, what it is that you do. Kind of the three things that really set you up for success when it comes to your sales conversations. Sure, and let me know if I get a little uh, long-winded. <laughs> just give me, the, yep. give me the wrap it up, yep. and uh, we'll do that. So a few of the things, like I do a lot of internal training because I've had a lot of success um, at the company I'm currently working at, and then I do a little bit of coaching on the side. So I work with the same things with the people that I'm working with to really help them drill down on their messaging and understand you know, how to get uh, themselves optimized in the best possible way and ultimately to get the most success and to really help as many people as they can. Because the more people we help, you know, the more our family gets helped. And at the end of the day, yep. you know, how much joy and abundance can I provide for my family is the ultimate goal. Yep. So the first thing that we always start with is we start with why. And a lot of you guys are probably familiar with Simon Sinek, his book, Start With Why. I think it was like 2010-ish today that came out. And if you don't feel like reading the whole book, if you hadn't read it, there's a, there's a TED Talk that's like 17 minutes on YouTube. And if that's too much, there's mm -hmm. a five-minute one. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's really good information. And I really like... To start with why for so many different like avenues, but especially sales, because the whole genesis of the idea is about gaining clarity on your messaging. Like, why is this important to me? Because if you can't even tell yourself why it's important to you, why should anybody else care? You know what you're doing. And so many people try to sell benefits and features, but that's the how and the what. Nobody cares how you're doing what you're doing yeah. until they know why you're doing it. And you know. I think the fastest way to build trust with people is to be vulnerable and gaining clarity of purpose really helps me to drill down and get, you know, vulnerable and open myself up to others and show them who the real me is because I want to be as transparent as possible because what you see is what you get. And lucky for me, usually that's good, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I am who I am and I think that's awesome. And I, I want to work with people that are, you know, letting it shine and being the best version of them that they can be. Yep. And so, you know, really working on that, that why helps me get that clarity and that clarity really leads me to belief and belief, man, when you have a deep belief in something, you can move mountains and you know, belief breeds toughness and yeah. toughness is what it's all about. Like if you're tough, you can do so many things that talent alone can't do for you. And you know, if you're growing, which you should be right, it means you're achieving. If you're growing, you're going to get punched in the mouth. You're going to be uncomfortable because there's growing pains. And every time you climb a mountain, right, surprise, there's another mountain right behind it that's probably bigger <laughs> with more terrain that's more challenging. But that's awesome because that means you're winning too. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't want to climb mountains, you don't want to succeed, there's lots of jobs out there where you can pull a lever all day long, right? But if you're listening to this, I doubt that's you. Um, so really, I just, I think two of my favorite words in the English language are get up. You know, I don't care yeah. what happens as long as you get up. Like, you keep getting up no matter what area of your life it is. You're a winner, right? Like, I love seeing people struggle 
and do something terribly and messy and sloppy the first time. Cause that's me. My first version <laughs> is not good most of the time. Like, yeah, oh my gosh. And thankfully I get better each time. And as long yep. as I get a little better each time, I'm winning. Yep, totally. Then one of the second things that uh, I really help people understand is, you know, change is very, it's inevitable. <laughs> a very tricky subject, especially when you're dealing with people again, because Jordan and I, again, we're talking a minute ago about how sometimes we, you know, feel like we're herding cats all day long and the world's greatest variable is people, right? Like, and myself included, I'm not like a saint right. by any means. No. And I like what I like and I like it when I like it, except for when I don't like it. And <laughs> so, but luckily for us, there's a little bit of a framework on how people think and how they make change and how change is facilitated. So all psychologists agree that there's two competing or two often competing systems in our brain. Sometimes they work in harmony, but it's the rational side and the emotional side. And, you know, when they're in conjunction, life is good and everybody's happy. But when they're not, the rational side is our problem-solving side, our analytical side that knows we should pay the taxes, eat salads, not go to McDonald's all the time. <laughs> and then the emotional side, it speaks for itself, right? This Correct. is like moves away from pain, moves towards pleasure. Yeah. And, you know, it's not too often a good thing to be called an emotional person, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> A couple of books came out that talked about this and made a nice analogy for it. There's a book called The Happiness Hypothesis, then Switch. And both of them talk about the rider and the elephant analogy to talk about the rational versus the emotional mind. And so basically, they said there's a little human, man or woman, rider on top of a big six-ton elephant. And the little human is your rational mind, and the elephant is your emotional mind. Oh, and wow. they also threw in a third element, which is the path. And so that's the situation that you're in. And so if you think about it, like... Simple example, I love to eat food, but man, like so much. And I've got to be really conscious about that. I have to make sure that I don't get too hungry because when I get too hungry, the elephant gets in charge. And so I might be driving home from work and, you know, the little guy on top, he's like, we're going to go home and eat salad and we're going to live forever because we're healthy. And the elephant's like, there's water burger, boom, 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 and like charges over there. And the little man, as hard as he pulls, he's got a six ton disadvantage. He's not going to win that fight. Yeah. And so I need to make sure they're both pointing in the same direction, and I need to make the path as easy as possible to follow. So shaping the path is all about removing obstacles. And like when I'm working with the folks internally, like some of the things that we do at our company are a little complicated and complex. And it's a lot of information for clients to digest all at once. And new people are so excited. They got a badge and a gun, and they know just enough to be dangerous. And they want to tell everybody everything they know. <laughs> And people get overwhelmed and they're like, dude, I could never do all this. And so, it's, so the ambiguity leads to inaction, you know, confusion leads to, it's not laziness, it's just people don't know what to do, so they just don't do anything. Because mm -hmm. nobody wants to look foolish or do the wrong thing or right. waste time. Right. And so with, with the folks internally, it's like, hey, let's really motivate the writer by giving them clear direction on where we want to go. Let's tap into the emotion and get the elephant motivated because that's our horsepower. And then let's remove as many of the obstacles on the path as we can and, sh and slope it downhill if possible so there's no friction. Yeah. And then, you know, the last thing that I really talk about with folks is uh, we talk about action a lot because, you know, action's commonplace, right? Like, I can take action all day long and get nothing done. Uh, I'm sure we've all had an eight-hour day or a 10-hour day where, like, you're like, dude, I feel like I was doing things all day long, but I feel like I did, got nothing done, right? Like, yeah. And that's such a frustrating feeling because I know I got a lot of stuff to do. And I know I get so many days on the earth and I want to like take advantage of all of them because yep. the harder I work now, you know, the more I get to play later. And yep. that's yeah, pretty, pretty cool it. goal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. And I think it's kind of, you know, having, you know, the why having, 
you know, the change and talking a little bit about action, I think, um, really can help you set up to, you know, whatever it is you're selling in your business, set you up for success from all angles of the hurdles that your client is going to come to you with, because your client is probably going to wonder why it is that you're selling what you're selling, um, and what, what's in it for them. Um, they also are going to want to understand, you know, what changes are probably coming their way and how is that, how are they going to deal with that on a rational level or an emotional level? They aren't going to say those words, but that's kind of how they're feeling. Um, and especially with systems, uh, a lot of times I'm dealing with the emotional hurdles, you know, a lot of times people rationally are like, I know I need systems, but emotionally they're like, I break systems. I'm not a systems person. They're hard. They're complicated. They're difficult. Like they make me want to pull my hair out. Like all of those emotions that I have to navigate on sales conversations with folks and really being prepared for that and letting them know, Hey, I get it. Like I'm, I'm a systems person and I'm not perfect. So, um, you know, here's how I deal with it. So I think, I think that's really good to kind of touch on. Is there, um, and then more about the action. Is there anything uh, else? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, part of action is about just really, again, getting clear on what you want because I think a huge piece of action that gets overlooked is taking out the time to think and to really sit. You'll be amazed that the things will come to you if you just sit in a really quiet room and mm-hmm. and think and think deeply and, and boldly and creatively. Mm-hmm. If you think like everybody else, you're going to get the same results as everybody else. Yeah. And really getting that that focus, again, on what's, what's important to you and, and why it's important to you. And, you know, something I found that I really like, a quote that I have posted up on my desk, it's, you know, in every situation, life's asking us a question. And our mm-hmm. actions are our response to that question. And so That's I want to true. make sure I give a really good answer. Yeah. And, man, I've, you know, spent enough time chasing my tail around and running in circles. <laughs> so I want to be methodical and uh, really intelligent with everything I do. Yes. Intentionality. I think is, is huge with that stuff. And a lot of people are, and there's time for experimentation. You know, like you said, you do something the first time it's messy, it's crazy. It, you know, is, is what it is. But then how are you becoming intentional after that? Are you, you know, maybe taking more things off your plate, seeing how to optimize it with, you know, automation or bringing on new team members, stuff like that. Um, and always iterating and not being afraid to, say no to certain things. A lot of my clients have difficulty saying no. Um, they want all the software, they want all the people, they want all the things. And I think more is better and it's not necessarily, um, I am a simplifier by nature. I like simple. Um, I like less. (laughs) So I, you know, I, I end up being a, a good compliment in that way. Um, so yeah, I kind of touch maybe a little bit more on, you know, these questions and your response to the questions and how, you can best make those decisions for whatever the question is um, for you. So for example, if somebody, you know, life is throwing you, you know, maybe a crazy client, um, (laughs) for instance, um, which I know a lot of folks can, can uh, relate to someone, if life's throwing you a crazy client, you know, what are the types of responses that are actually going to get you to the end result that you're wanting? Is it deal with the crazy client, keep them on? Is it hand them off to somebody else on your team? You know, what are maybe some of the, in that particular instance, different responses that people could have? Yeah. um, (laughs) And what those actions mean. So 
Let's, let's talk about a crazy client, right? And so I think crazy is a very subjective <laughs> term, is, right? It is. But uh, everybody's a little crazy. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think one of the most important things is, like, all the things, all of these systems that we work through, like, they're not a static thing. It's not a one-time event. Yes. We don't just do this and it's done. It's, I want to keep doing this because we're constantly evolving and need to readdress and, you know, recalculate what it is that's important to us. And when I come across somebody that totally doesn't mesh with who I am or doesn't line up with my values, like I don't have to work with them. And that's right. awesome. Like I can help anybody, but I don't have to help everybody because there's only so many hours in the day. Yes. And I don't want to do a disservice to the people that I enjoy working with because when I'm with somebody like, like, like you, Jordan, you're awesome. Right. <laughs> and so it's fun and it's engaging. And like, I know I'm growing because like, like iron sharpens iron and like uh, and and you're 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 a big deal and that's cool you know and um, around people who are negative and unhappy and just live in that mentality of scarcity that if if they make ten dollars that's ten dollars less that i get to make or that's not the case because there's literally machines that print money you know there's plenty (laughs) out there for everybody so and i want to work with people that are full of like love love for life love for their family and like demographically we could be completely different but we got so much in common because we're the, you know, we, we care about the same types of things, and mm-hmm. and that's helping other people outside of ourselves, yeah. and, and it's a lot of fun, and it's really awesome to get to use the skills that I have to help them, on, you know, take it from yeah. good to great. Yeah, it's cool to get to be a part of. Yeah, hundred percent. Anything else action oriented? Action oriented. Um, you know, I love this litmus test, like because, you know, like I try to make decisions quickly. And, you know, if it's wrong, that's okay. But I don't want to sit around and him and haw and, like, should I do this, should I? Like, you know what, let's do it yeah. or not do it. And the, the most simple litmus test that I can find, right, is, like, I look at this action. I go, does this bring me closer to my goals, right? And I, I know what my goals are because every day I look at them, right, yeah. multiple times because I want to be clear on where I'm going. And if, if the answer is yes, does this bring me closer to my goals? The answer is yes. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in excellence. I'm going to move on to the next thing, right? If yeah. the answer is no. I'm going to be like, Jordan, do you want to do this? No. Yeah, anybody else? <laughs> yes. Who else wants to do this? Or it's not getting done. Because right. what's the point? Because, right. uh, you know, uh, and my goals are per- intentionally designed to benefit the whole, too. So, right. you know, that may sound a little, like, stingy when you say, I'm not going to do it if it doesn't benefit me. But, you know, hopefully but it's, yeah. the intention of my goals is to benefit everyone. Right. No, I think that's good. I think that's really good. Um, and I think... You know, with being somebody that, you know, you and I kind of have this mentality of, or not even kind of, we do have this mentality of, you know, we have to be our best because we're serving more than ourselves. Um, And I think that that is, you know, one of the reasons why we get along so well and why, um, you know, I want to support anything that you do because I think, you know, especially in the industry that I'm in in the online industry and all of that stuff, it gets a lot of, it looks from the outside to be very, very selfish to want a lot of money or wealth. But when people look deeper into the reasons of why I want more money and wealth or why you want more money or wealth or whoever else that is heart centered, um, it really, it, it opens up a whole new lens and perspective of people that are actually wanting to help the world and do a positive impact and not, you know, a positive impact of, 
you know, not that Louboutins and all that stuff aren't great, but how is that impacting and shaping the world? And, and what you wearing Louboutins, what is, what is that bringing to the greater good of people and humanity? So I think that's awesome yeah, because I was actually doing a little talk yesterday and that's one of the big things I was talking about. It's not like I want to create as much abundance as possible for my family and my friends and the things that are important to me because like I love kids and animals like the SPCA has got me figured out. I'm like an ATM. They send me an email. I send them money. Works every time. But you know, the more I can create for my family, the more I can serve others and give to them. Yep. And that's like I, I have a moral obligation to be the best me I can be. Yep. Like I, I have an obligation to develop the talents I have and to real strengths and to really let those serve the world. And the best way I can do that is by just growing as much as possible in every direction. Yeah, hundred percent. And you touch on strengths. I'm a huge. We last time we spoke talked about strength finders. What are what are your five strengths? Five strengths are maximizer number one, positivity. I may get these out of order. Strategic. <laughs> Strategic, activator, and futuristic are the last three in yeah. some order. Yeah. <laughs> I know the first two are right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, mine are focus, discipline, responsibility, futuristic, and maximizer. So our, our futuristic and maximizer we have we have in common. So which makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I love I just love the term maximizer. It just sounds awesome, it, right? It's like <laughs> makes me sound so maximizer. Legit. No big deal, maximizer. Right? right. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Yeah. Don't underestimate me. Um, but yeah, so I thought that would be a really, a really good closing, um, aspect. So a couple of last minute questions. Um, what's been one of the best financial investments that you've made for you and in your business? Uh, probably I had a really good business coach and mm-hmm. it was kind of expensive, but I Power. mean, it's all relative, right? <laughs> so, and, and, and it was really good. I got, a, I got a lot from the few months we worked together and a lot more than I actually thought I would. And mm. not that I didn't think I would get anything, but it was, right. it was cool. And I got to work with somebody that thought completely different than me and had a completely different background. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, you just mentioned perspective. It really helped me have another perspective and kind of take, take things to the next level. And, totally. and I love leveling up because every time I get to a certain level, it's, I can get there again. So much easier. And it's like, what's next. Right. <laughs> tackle, tackle the next thing. Yeah. Uh, and then what was your worst financial investment in business? Hmm. Worst financial investment, buying an Xbox. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I had, a, I did a seminar last year and I did it with a friend or not a friend, a coworker. He's one of my partners at work and he asked me to do it to help him. He's like, do you want to help me? Cause you know, like I'm not, I don't love speaking in front of people, but maybe if you want to pitch in a little and like, I'll do a lot of the work and you speak. And it was really outside my passion and my wheelhouse, but I kind of did it because I wanted to be nice and helpful and, you know, be a good team member. And, and it ended up costing me a lot of, a lot of time and, you know, opportunity costs there and it ended up costing a decent amount of money too. So trying to be nice really took away a lot of time, which is obviously most, the most valuable resource I get. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's good to point out because I mean, the business I'm in, yes, like, will you make more money if, you know, you are more consistent with your blogging or you send out more sales emails? Yes. But really, time is the time and energy are the most valuable resources. You don't have, you know, endless amounts of it. So you have to be really strategic and intentional on how you use that time. Um, and so I like that you talked about the investment of time, you know, being a cost. 
Um, and that, you know, can also be a financial cost, but time is a cost. Absolutely. That's and, for sure. Wow. It's like we only get so many hours in the day until I f- figure out how to get a 30-hour day in a 10-day yeah. week. You know, <laughs> that's the way it's going to be. And yeah. It's really important that whenever I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing, it's serving the greater good. And that goes back to the, the little litmus test, right? Does right. this bring me closer to my goals? I wish ice cream brought me closer to my goals because yeah. I'm awesome at eating that. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, if only. One day. One day <laughs> someone will make ice cream that will bring yeah. us all closer back to our goals. Oh, my so gosh. That'd be great. That would be. That would be. Uh, well, where can people find you online? Website, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever it is you Yeah, of course, of course I'm on LinkedIn, Kevin Keppel. I've also got a uh, blog that I just launched. It's the therealtimeu.com. So, the word the real r e a l time you.com. They say it's the greatest site out there. I mean, I mean they, you know, they are always right. <laughs> I read that on the internet, so it must be true. <laughs> exactly. So, well, thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was awesome. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you on the next episode.